Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today, I have the special pleasure of introducing a friend of mine, Jill Kalman, who is an interior designer that is helping people move from cities to the suburbs and all of the transitions and issues that will come up along the way. But today, we're also going to dive into how to get your home ready for the holidays, which are upon us as we speak. And then additionally, working through living with a construction site over the holidays, as unfortunately, that is where a lot of us are ending up this year because of all of the supply chain issues, labor force issues, and everything to do with the fallout of the pandemic. So please help me welcome my friend, Jill Kalman. Hi, Renee. Thank you for Hi, having me. Hi, Jill. Thank you for coming. I think this is wonderful. And I think my listeners will be thrilled to hear not only things about construction, but also decorating, because I don't tend to go into that arena as much as some people have asked me to. And it's something that you and I both share in common and really enjoy. So please tell my listeners everything there is to know about you. Okay. Well, first of all, it's really fun to be on somebody else's podcast because I interview people all the time and I do some solo episodes and I love it, but I don't often get the chance to do this. So this is really kind of fun. So I'm an interior designer. I've been doing it, I guess, a little bit over 15 years. And I have primarily helped people who have moved from a major city to the suburbs. And part of that is because I live in a, a suburb of Connecticut near New York City. So I was dealing with a lot of families moving to the suburbs because they sort of outgrew city space and wanted more space. And that had been going on for many years prior to COVID. COVID then drove this sort of mass exodus, uh, as we call it, really nationwide for people to move and move out of big cities. And New York City was especially hard hit. So this area got very booming. What was interesting and sort of timely is that I had changed my business model probably a couple years almost starting to do it before COVID because a couple things were that, yes, I realized I had helped people moving from the city to the suburbs and whether it was New York city to Connecticut or LA to, you know, Boise, Idaho, the challenges were the same. And so I decided I could help people on a much bigger scale. And I developed a digital service that did that. So no matter where you live, I can help you. And boy, how great was that? COVID hit, no one was meeting in person, and yet I had a digital service in place that really grew and got further customized by everybody's needs and really tweaked now to a point where it runs like its own little machine, which is which is wonderful. I started the podcast and that was scheduled. It just happened to launch right during COVID, but it had been planned for a year ahead of time. So all these things were kind of happening in my business to cater to this very specific niche of, you know, people moving from major cities to suburbs and how I could, you know, show up and help them. 
So it's well, it's and a little really... secret that that Jill does know. But those of you listening have Jill to thank if you enjoy this podcast because <laughs> I started listening. I I had met Jill in a mentorship group and she mentioned her podcast. So I took a listen and I went to her first episode. You were probably maybe 10 or 11 in by then. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I should start at the beginning. And I had the biggest aha moment. I remember where I was sitting. I remember looking outside while I was listening. And Jill said that she had tried to do blogs for a while, but it just didn't feel right because she was a communicator. And so podcasting really worked. And I just thought Jill was speaking directly to me. And people have heard me say this before, that I have draft files of blogs that felt very, very polished, very formulatic, basically. And I thought, Mm. oh my gosh, I could do a podcast. So actually Jill is the reason that the only (laughs) girl on the job site was, was born. So for all of that extra work, Jill, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) But it is true. And and a lot of interior designers were like that, right? We're, we're used to one-on-one communicating out loud. We're not used to writing down our thoughts and, and then sending them off. I mean, we might shoot a few emails around, but, but we're used to this to communicating through voice. And Jill's podcast is called Welcome Home to the Suburbs. And it is amazing. So full of knowledge and tips and tricks. And as I was telling Jill before we started recording, I moved out of New York City to Delaware 21 years ago. And while I did not have a family, I was only saddled with a black Labrador. It Mm -hmm. it still was a lot. It was to, yeah. to go from a tiny two-bedroom apartment that I shared to a two-story, three-bedroom house was, at first, giddy, right? I mean, you just think, oh my gosh, look at all this space. I can walk from yes. room to room. Yes. But then you're like, oh my gosh, look at all this space. And I'm in the business. So I can't imagine how the people feel who seek out Jill's help, who don't have the experience and the knowledge that an interior designer has. But you and describe it so well because it's like they find this house and it's in the neighborhood they want and it's great and it's beautiful and all that. And they are giddy. And then they move in and they haven't really planned for, okay, we have to furnish all these rooms and it becomes so overwhelming, so stressful. Many maybe haven't used a designer before. Maybe they don't want to use a designer, whatever. It runs the gamut. And so I really wanted to sort of step in to say, this isn't really just about like putting the sofa and getting the house pretty. This is about your lifestyle now because it's not just about moving. Now you have a whole different life in a whole different community. So let's talk about lifestyle. Let's talk about how your home functions for you. I'm very big about like the psychology of home and where can I help you? You know, like it doesn't mean that you have to hire me for a year for a huge retainer to get the house you want. I want to be able to help people where they are because I found that even people who had very large budgets they didn't necessarily want to have a designer or Or know what to do with those budgets. Right. And so I think there's still a way to help. And so that's everything I've done. The impetus behind it is how can I help? How can I step in and take the professional tools I have, the experience that I have and help you? And I get the most satisfaction out of somebody that, you know, I give them one little tip or one little thing, or, or we do the digital service and they're like, oh my God, what a relief. And like, it's done. It's like a one and done. You're not stuck with me for 18 months coming back and forth to your house. You know, I mean, cause there's something to be said for that. You know, it's time. Absolutely. And I think it's great 
and people should know that you go beyond the home, right? Because most people yeah. who live in a city are, yeah. are renters. And those who do buy are often in condos. So they haven't necessarily experienced hiring the lawn guy or Mm -hmm. plowing the snow in the winter if you're living. You know, there's just so many things you don't think about until you're in it and you're like, oh crap, how do I, how do I manage my way through this? And I think it's great because that goes into the lifestyle. And we do joke, there are we're in Wilmington, Delaware, and about two hours south of New York. And we've had, during this housing boom, some fairly large homes being sold to New York City couples. Oh, sure, yes. And we kind of snicker. We're like, wait till they get down here. They'll have no idea what they bought. They're so overwhelmed with how much they, how much square footage they can buy yep. with the price yep. compared to what they can buy in Manhattan. That's right. But, but they've never run a home let alone an old home. And right. so there is sort of this, this inside joke in Wilmington, like, okay, we'll see how long they last, you know? Right. And right. you think of that movie with Chevy Chase and you think, okay, they're going to go right back to, I think it was Chevy Chase. They go right back to the city because they have no clue yeah. what they're doing. Um, well, my husband has a good friend that did just that. I mean, first of all, they're real city people. They really yep. genuinely are, would not have chosen to move back here. I mean, he's from here originally. And because of COVID, they felt like they had to get out. They bought a big, beautiful house. From the minute he got in, he was stumbling what to do. He would call my husband like, wait, so I've got to pay for the plow this much. I've got to, and it was just, and then my husband just said to me last week and he's like, yeah, he sold the house. I'm like, he did. He goes, yep, they're back in the city full time. In less than a year, he made a ton of money because it's still a high market. Yep. But I said, you know, and, and it is true. The suburbs aren't for everybody they're anyway. Not. But you do have to, if they are going to be for you, you know, I talk about, uh, and I've talked about it before, like when you're buying a house, you want to get the most you're approved for on your mortgage and all that. But nobody really thinks about, well, okay, it has X amount of rooms. A, are we going to really use all those rooms? B, do we have the plan to actually furnish those rooms? Because to me, if you sit in a house with a third of the rooms unfurnished, that's not much of a house. That's like ridiculous. Yeah. Have you thought about all the annual maintenance, whether it's heating, gutters, landscaping, if there's a pool, if there's a septic, I mean, there's a million things. And those are real costs to living. Yes, Um, exactly. sort of forget that. Or they don't even know to ask if they've been in the city since their twenties, chances are they don't even know to ask those questions. So if their realtor isn't, you know, advising them or thinking it through, and I'm sure there are some that are much better than others. Yeah. They're going to get into a house and truly, you know, aside from furnishing, just not know how to manage it. Yeah. You do have to know how to manage it and what needs to be done when, because especially in the Northeast, different seasons, we need to do different things. Clean the oil burner. That has to be done before winter. You're doing right. everything on the reverse. Get your AC maintenance like in winter. So it's before spring, you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. There's no super to call. <laughs> no, there is no super. You have to sort of, you are the yeah. super. That's the problem. You are the super. You yeah. are the super. I think I love helping with that so much because I always grew up in a single family home I always understood home ownership because my parents took a lot of pride in their property and their home. And I'm a homebody. I'm an introvert. I love everything about home. So it's like, I just love it. And so if I can share that with people and impart, I don't know, tips or ways to handle it that help them, I just love it. And also just for people listening, I think that's why Jill and I have become such good friends. We like sharing. We mm-hmm. like 
people being successful. And if Mm -hmm. that means through Jill's Instagram or through her reels or through her podcast or through her courses, it's all about the end user, right? It's all about elevating someone else's experience. And I, I find that we have that a lot of that in common. There isn't, there isn't too much you can give away, right? Because everybody needs a little something different. Um, And so, like you said, the courses you offer digitally are good for some, but maybe some needs a little more handholding, or maybe some just wants to kind of polish what they think they already know and that they can glean from your reels or from your podcast. And it sort of all plays into the same end goal of, of improving someone's life inside their home. And because, you know, obviously we've, we've all learned this past year, how much time we actually spend inside our homes. Yeah. And and that's why there's so many people redoing them because they are finally sick of fill in the blank, right? Their their kitchen, their bathrooms, their family room, because they realize when they weren't leaving for multiple hours at a time, right. That they don't function the way they needed them or wanted them to function. Right. See, and so, my argument before COVID used to always be those spaces need to be that way because I felt when we were so busy, right? Whether we're traveling for work in hotels, gone most of the day, I've always felt when you walk through the door at the end of the day with all the nonsense going on, juggling kids, running the kids here to there, that needs to be the respite. So my argument then was it needed to function well then, especially for organizational, because for mom to get out the door, dad to get out the door, the kids to get out the door successfully right? Organization has to be there, whatever. So COVID was a blessing to me in that it made people finally see that because it's true, whether we're in a pandemic or not in a pandemic home is sort of like this home base core, you know, where it all has to transpire. Anyway, I just wanted to say, well, and I know you would agree with me. I was actually just on a client meeting and could barely get through the mudroom. And it wasn't Uh because the kids gear was there after school. It was the mom stuff. She had piles that were going to go to Goodwill. She had this, she had that. She was, Oh, I'm so, so sorry. I apologize. It's such a mess. This has been here for so long. And I'm thinking to myself, how long, like you need to get this out of your way because mentally it is clogging. I mean, Obviously, I was able to get through, but mentally it's just clogging the system. So, like you said, you know, you need to get out the door, you need to get to out the door in a clean fashion. And if you're stepping over things and there's no organization and there's no right. rhyme or reason, then you're only hurting yourself and therefore your home. So it, it really is an important step to kind of get this right. And it's not always about the perfect sofa. And I think you really hit home on that. Yeah. Yeah. So So tell us about the two, there are going to be two links in the show notes for two of Jill's amazing programs. Why don't you tell us about those? Sure. So I have a freebie um, that all of you can get. And here's the thing that I have learned is that the biggest reason why people get stuck and are unable to furnish their home is they didn't plan for it. So they plan to buy the home really well, right? You met with your mortgage broker, you went over your finances, you figured how much of a mortgage you could afford, you researched neighborhoods, zip codes. I mean, you went all in. No one has spent any time. I mean, I have people who have worked in finance or whatever, and they're like, I don't even know what a sofa costs. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I put together this planner and it's like a mini journal, but I kept it really simplistic because I know I like things simplistic for myself that they're not cumbersome, but they get to the point. So basically it's where you can plan out and say, okay, I have these rooms that I need to furnish. 
I don't know what it costs. And I put a budget sheet in there of like a low, medium and high for some of your basic needs, sofas, coffee tables, et cetera. So you now have a starting point to say, okay, I have a family room. I have these eight items I need to buy. According to Jill's you know, spreadsheet, this gives me a rough number. Now it's not a hard number. As I know, there's going to be stuff you find that's more expensive and stuff that's less, yeah. but you have to start somewhere for the person that says, I don't even know. Right? So it gives you the, okay, now I kind of know. And A, okay, if I don't have it now, I actually give you, set your goal. How much money do you want to set aside per month to get it done by X? Same thing, just when you want to buy the house, right? It's like, well, we need a certain amount of money for the down payment. Same thing. And so once you've moved in, if you haven't done it, it's not too late, but it's like anything else in life, you have to make a plan for it, especially when it's a financial investment. So this little room planner allows you to do that. It gets the free budget guide. It gives you some tips and tricks for moving in and it's all free. Yeah. So that's what that is. And I would hazard a guess that you include everything in a room because that's what I also hear. They're like, well, I looked at a sofa, but I didn't think about the tables, the lamps, the rug, the pillows, and the chairs and the table. It's hysterical. Like you said, you do so much research on these homes and they obviously live in a home or an apartment that has tables and chairs, but yet it didn't even hit their radar until they realized they hadn't budgeted enough. So yeah, it's interesting things that I guess I take for granted and thought others just knew or assumed they really, really don't know. And I learned that quickly. So I thought, well, okay, let's find a way now to kind of educate people and give them a starting point to sort of jump off from. Yeah. It's so critical. Because also, and I'm sure you've had this, where people have bought a house, they want to move in, they want to do paint and floors, because those are logical to do before you move in, and then they run out of money. Well, that is what happens, because they buy the house, and then the painting and the floors is is a pretty good investment. Yes. So they might have set some aside for it or not, but realize they have to do it, so they do it, and then there's nothing left, and then you're in this empty home. And to me, there's nothing- Or they bring their old stuff with them, it's all worn out, and right. Now I do recommend for- bringing old stuff temporarily because oh, yeah, I have, have no a, choice. I have a mantra. Everyone needs a place to sit, sleep, eat, and relax. So bring right. the old sofa because you can use it in a basement, donate it, sell it on Facebook. But initially you got to just get in and especially, yeah. and this, I said that before all these lead times now with these lead times, even more bring what you have and in your head mentally just say, this is temporary. Cause if it's super ugly or if it doesn't work in the house, I get that, but you just have to say, this is just for now. And these days for now means a year. <laughs> that's, that's a whole nother gosh. podcast. And if you need an appliance or anything, forget what oh, I just yeah. heard recently. Oh no. my. Anyway, but yeah, so it is important. So like I said, you know, if you haven't made a plan and you don't start to make a plan, I mean, I have helped clients who were in a home three and four years with empty rooms. Sure. And it's because they just kept saying, oh, we'll just get to that. Well, guess what? You're not going to get to it unless you write down, I need X amount. And I either have half of that now, some of that now, none of that now, but I could put away X amount the next however many months. And by May, I can start ordering. Right. And that's a much more productive. Absolutely. It gives you a plan. Right. It gives you a goal to look forward to. And by the way, and then it gets fun. It's like, oh, (laughs) we get to do the family room in May. Like this could be fun. We can start picking things out. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So that's that course. And then what else? You have a styling That's just a freebie. That's a freebie. freebie. Okay. And then I came up with a styling course because I want to get more into actually digital courses in general teaching you. But I started with accessories because the number one question 
especially after I launched my digital service was, okay, the coffee table's here, the console table's here, the built-in bookcases are all painted, and I don't know what to do with them. What do I put on it? And I have always loved accessorizing. I love accessorizing in fashion. Like I'm fine with basic clothes, but then I want like an awesome handbag and an awesome pair of shoes. Like that's what excites me. And that handbag, those shoes, that's analogous to the accessories you put in your house, right? That's kind of what dresses it up your jewelry, your scarf, whatever. So I loved it. And when I did photo shoots, I loved bringing in, that was the time where on a project I had worked on for like a year, I could really bring in all the accessories and polish it up. And the client would look at it and be like, I want everything. And I'm like, that's fine. You can buy it. Cause a lot of times I would just source it locally, or if I had ordered something, that's fine, but it was all for sale. Otherwise it was returnable, whatever. And so I just found this a very big ongoing question. So again, my company's about really listening to what my customers are saying and addressing that. So with the accessories, I thought, well, I love it. I'm passionate about it. I know how to do it. And everyone's asking for it. So why not make this fun video course? So it's actually six modules of me where I call like your hot spots of the home, your coffee table, console tables, your mantle, throw pillows on your sofa, throw pillows on your bed. And in video, like with me in front of my bed or in front of my coffee table, okay, here's how you start. Here's what you do. And then there's little PDF downloads, again, really simple, nothing cumbersome, where you can make your shopping list, make a little diagram of what you have, kind of lay it out before you go shopping. I encourage you to look at things you already have in your own home to use and how to place them because you you may already have some objects that you really love and that are beautiful and they just haven't been shown off correctly. Right. Um, So in like you're giving people the confidence to show it off properly. I think that's really critical that they have a lot of things, but they kind of cluster to them together because, well, they think they're going to or they'll get the latest magazine and shovel everything around because something else is new and different. And then the next month, another magazine comes out with something else. And, you know, and then nothing feels right. And Jill and I already spoke about this. This is not something this is an arena I am not as comfortable in as Jill. I will accessorize, but, um, but there are some, and Jill and I were discussing it, that just really feel passionate about it and are incredibly good at it and in styling towards the end after the furniture and, and big pieces are in place. And I think it's, it's remarkable to have some, some sort of a, a visual aid because that is what we do. I mean, Jill and I live in a world of visuals. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it right now because we're visual people. And so having a video, I think, is is really just the next level as opposed to looking at static photos and not really fully understanding, you know, the volume and the space that they take up. So I think this is amazing. I, I highly recommend anyone who's struggling, which I know we all are, styling either in those the damn bookcases that are just endless and huge. And you kind of look at them and you think I could do one or two of those shelves, but there's nine of them or, you know, or there's two sets of them and, right. and it can, it can be very overwhelming. And, and so basically people just say, okay, I'm not going to do it. Or they just cram a lot of books in them because they think that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And frankly, to everybody, this is something that can be fun. It's like a little DIY project. It covers all the areas of the house, but start with one area, start with one coffee table. And you'll realize, because I was just talking to somebody about DIY and it's been a big topic lately. DIY is a lot of people who don't think they're creative. We all have creative in us. What's cool about DIY, whether you're painting a room or doing this, accessorizing your coffee table, it taps into that for you. And a lot of people find it therapeutic. It gives you a lot of um, self-confidence when you've accomplished something on your own. And this is really doable with some advice. 
And I used video, like you said, because I didn't want to like, I mean, the PDFs have some diagrams and things like that, but the better way to show it is watching me in front of a coffee table, showing you things, showing you how to place it. And that way it's also not that boring. I kept the modules pretty short so you can binge watch it. Cause again, none of us want to be bogged down with this stuff, but if you want to learn it, you know, I can sort of be by your side and get you there all for under a hundred bucks. Yeah. That's amazing. It's like ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And we have a lot of people that buy it as an add-on when they buy my digital service. They buy that as the add-on because they know that once the furniture comes in, then they have that to use and help them. Right. To beautifully finish up the room. Yeah. It really makes the room kind of sing. And it also, the accessories are really what personalizes your space for you. Absolutely. And I have had people over the years from my twenties on up and come in and say, well, I want my house to feel like yours. And I always say to them, I'm like, well, but these are, these are objects that are personal to me. So even Mm -hmm. if I picked up those objects and those picture frames and put them in their home, it wouldn't have the same feeling. And and so I think you're right. People are looking for a formula. And, And I think the video is important because it gives you the freedom to bring in their own, you know, DIY self, but with a, with some sort of structure to it. And I think that's amazing. I think that's where people get a little freaked out. Yeah. Well, cause one example of that is, so people like to put nice coffee table books and I'll say, don't just buy any coffee table book. I mean, you can buy something that relates to you. Maybe it's a country you've traveled to. Maybe it's a country you're from. Maybe it's a book about the Louvre. Maybe it's a book about pens, cars, like have it be something that relates to you and your family. So when I talk about the accessorizing, I'll say like, cause I do this in my own house. My daughter and I, whenever we take a beach vacation, we love beach combing and collecting shells. And we have a little sampling from all the different beaches we've been to. And I have a couple areas of my home where I have these really pretty decorative dishes. And I have some of the rocks and shells that we found sitting in them. And it's very pleasant for me, especially in the winter when I can't get to the beach, to look at them. And it just reminds me of that great memory I have with her when we beach comb. So I even suggest doing things like that and incorporating them into your home. So to that point, I often get asked about art. And I am from an area where there are some very famous artists, Wyatts and Spoonovers and everything. And to be fair, um, people think that they should either buy real art or have no art. And I look at them and I say, oh my Lord, there is so much in between. So much. And they just get stuck. And I say, just buy what you love. Like you said, I'm always saying, if you're away and you see something, a landscape, you're in Maine and you see a Maine landscape, buy that. And they're like, but where would I put it? I said, we'll figure it out when you get at home. Like, that's right. And people, you can see them almost frozen when I say that, like, wait, what? You're not going to tell me where to put it. And I'm thinking, well, I can't because I don't know how big it is. I don't know what the colors are. But then you can see them sort of relax and be like, I have permission to buy just what I like. And I'm thinking, well, of course you do. You know, this is your home. And I'm sure people ask you about the shelves. Oh, Jill, where did you get these shelves? And that starts a conversation about, oh, this was a trip to so-and-so. And and we went here and we experienced that. And I, I agree with you. 100% 100% that it the more you can personalize your own home the more it reflects you obviously completely yeah and then the more it feels warm and it by the way you get enjoyment mm-hmm. out of it cuz like you said you walk by you think of the trips and you know we're in our home more often than we entertain people in our home which yep. we're going to talk about in a minute but the home really should be a place and i think we have all learned this this past year that we want to be in 
Yeah, we want to be connected to it. Absolutely. Yeah. So to that end, how we have the holidays looming and Jill and I were laughing that we have, I have two pumpkins. That's two pumpkins more than Jill has. And so <laughs> here we are staring down that, which made me feel better, by the way, but oh, we're God. staring down these major holidays and most people aren't ready. So how would you recommend basically sort of last minute, but trying not to make it look last minute, kind of get that house holiday ready for whatever you may be doing. It may just be a small gathering of you and your family. It may be a larger gathering. It may be outside. It may be inside. You know, there's so, yeah, nothing's, well, off, so, nothing's off the table that, no, you know, I mean, this year. I do think people are more excited this year because more people will be gathering together as opposed to last year. Although last year was funny. I also felt like it was even just as important, if not more so to really get decked out because if we couldn't travel or we couldn't go anywhere, then make your home this, you know, holiday oasis. Um, And then, and then I think this year people will be entertaining more. So to that end, when it comes to holiday decorating, like your mantle and all those little special areas, you know, of the home, aside from putting the tree up and, if you put up a tree and decorating your table. One big thing that has always been like a a sticking point for me is so many people will take an existing room. So let's use your mantle as the example. There's already stuff on the mantle, right? And then they just take Christmas decorations, let's say, or any holiday decoration and just stick it on there with it. Well, (laughs) then, then everything looks really cluttered. So my recommendation first is sort of to clear it. And it doesn't mean that you can't keep some of the things on your mantle that you have, but probably not all of it. Make room for the holiday decor. And the second thing is sometimes red and green look really bad in your house based on the colors you have. If you love red and green and you're a traditionalist, then go for it. But think about things like you can also use green and silver. You can use gold and pink. You can use baby blue and silver. You can use rose gold and plum. You can use. So I like to get untraditional with how I wrap gifts. Sometimes they're pink with a white ribbon with silver snowflakes. That Um, is brilliant. And Christmas red is not a pretty red in a home. It it doesn't work great. I I never liked how, you know, now again, for some people it does. And for some people they're just traditionalists. And so I say, go for it. But like, sometimes it's better to use green and gold or green and silver or white and green with gold is pretty. Like adding metallics, adding sparkle is really a good thing to do. I put up a white Christmas tree last year and we had a ball with it. I put like- purple and pink and silver ornaments. And uh, I wrapped pink presents under the tree and it just made it like cheerful. So don't be, I guess my point is don't be afraid to use non-traditional colors of, of your holiday. You know, Hanukkah is like blue and silvers and blue and whites, but throw some chartreuse green in there with the blue or, or some hot pink or some orange with the blue, you know, like do something kind of fun and different. It's cheerful, you know? I think that's Um, a great idea because you're right. I think people get frozen thinking it has to be red and green. Right. And they also just think, well, my house is here and then I'm just going to put everything in on top of it. No, edit, like clear some stuff out. Just temporarily, the boxes that you're unpacking the holiday stuff from, use those to temporarily store some of the things that are out all year because everything out all at once, it's too cluttered. It looks like a mess. So you want it to look. I have been guilty of that a few years, you know. If so I'm, if I'm my, very last minute, I will, I admit on my mantle particularly, I sort of just cram up more things and I stand back and yeah, I think, wow, that looks pretty crammed on, but right. that's what I could produce <laughs> this year. <laughs> exactly. And also if you have any mirrors in your house, I love hanging wreaths over mirrors and think about like different materials for wreaths. Like I use faux fur, I use faux feathers, and then um, I take ribbon. I get like a one store had these ornaments and they were pine cones dipped in 
like a silver glitter, which you could also make on your own on a big pink satin ribbon. And then I tied it around the wreath and it hung from the fur wreath. So again, think about materials that aren't as traditional and you can really have a ton of fun. I use a lot of really non-traditional materials and they're inexpensive. You can go to places like Michael's and get things like that off Amazon. Um, Some of your local gift stores will have things that are like that. So I try to think out of the box. That's, I think, amazing. So that's the, say, the living room, family room, gathering room. What what do you do special? I would imagine most people put some sort of a centerpiece, center arrangement on the table. But again, that can look a little boring. Right. So I like to do a few things on a table. First of all, I think that centerpieces are nicer if they're multiple and low running down the table. Mm -hmm. Um, Because for conversation and everything, you don't want anything too high. I also like using runners a lot. And then you can even take things like branches, pine cones, things from the outside or buy garlands. I love magnolia leaf garland, whether it's faux or real. And you just can run like Pottery Barn sells these garlands that are even like gold spray painted leaves. And they're on like a wire and you can just sort of curve it down the center of the table. And you can even place like at Thanksgiving, you could place fresh gourds or pears or apples and things like that can become a centerpiece too. It doesn't have to be this very staid floral arrangement from the local florist. You can even skip flowers and use just fruits, twigs, especially at Thanksgiving. It's really fun to do. I've even used little baby artichokes as placeholders. So at everybody's plate, they get that. And I put their little, their name card sets right into one of the leaves and they get a little baby artichoke. Brilliant. You know, there's all kinds of things to use just in the produce section of your supermarket. I did do that one Thanksgiving that we were hosting. I used all fruits and vegetables and, and it felt a little odd. I was like, where are the flowers? But then when I stood back, I thought this was really fresh and different and fun and I'll have flowers at the next one or, you know, but you yeah. do, you sort of, I think people feel they need almost permission, right? To step out of that traditional box. Of they do. Centerpiece candlesticks, you know, and then everybody's go, okay, I did centerpiece now candlesticks. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm thinking just make it creative and the garland really helps interweaving. So if you are using like produce or things from the outside, when you use, whether it be a fresh garland that you pick up or these faux garlands, which are abundant, Amazon pottery barn has a lot, you kind of interweave them in between the fruits and whatnot. That kind of adds a little bit of foliage And then you really don't miss the flowers. You kind of have this foliage and it adds another texture. And what's cool about that is you can pull it out every year. I have a couple different garlands and I reuse them every year. And and I would think a garland would help someone who doesn't feel confident in their kind of floral arranging skills. It would probably be able that the garland would help sort of fudge that factor, right? Yeah, it does. It like... It really fills the space. The leaves and everything are on wires, so you can kind of bend them and manipulate them a little. And it's kind of fun to do, and it's easy. I think that's great. And then you have it year after year. So especially if you buy, like one of my garlands was from Pottery Barn. It was a little more money, but I have it like five years now. Right. So, I mean, you just, you know, because the florist is expensive too, and that stuff then you have to throw away. Exactly. And then also what I find is plan very far ahead to get it ordered. And I may or may not always have that time to, to do that. So something that you can 
year after year, at least have a backup plan. So like you said, if you have a garland and you've stored it, you can always, the last minute, like this year is crazy. So I could pull that out last minute and then put this beautiful arrangement together by going to the grocery store, right? And Exactly. That's um, something the other that thing- I think people would really find helpful. Yes. And the other thing I'll touch on real quick is like the pots in front of your house. Put something simple, either like evergreen boxwoods, but some years what I do is I buy these white birch logs. You can get them at a lot of local florists now. You can even buy them at Crate and Barrel. They sell them in little bundles and you actually put them in your planter vertically. They stick up and then you add like magnolia leaves or some other greenery. And then I just put some little battery operated twinkle lights And I actually leave those all winter because to me, it doesn't scream holiday. It's more like a winter pot. And I love having the glow of the light, even in January, early February, when it's dark so early and it gives extra lighting at the doorway. So things like that are simple. And again, like the logs, you can actually reuse. They don't really wear out. They don't, they don't disintegrate outside. No, they don't. Unless you've had a super wet, I guess, winter, you, you could risk losing some, but they're not so bad. They dry out. And then the battery operated lights, you buy a set and I just keep them and I repot them every year. That is an amazing tip. Yeah. And I love the twinkle lights. It just gives so much warmth, whether you put color in or not. And then you can add, if you want some fresh pine and some other pine cones and other stuff that you pick up that you will discard of, but the base of it is stuff you could actually reuse. And it just makes a really nice winter pot. I think that's an amazing idea. And then, so because we are in this bizarre time of pandemic and Mm. most of my listeners are knee deep in construction projects, um, how would you recommend dolling up a construction site for the holidays because I already have, I already know that there are two clients who will go through at least Thanksgiving and likely through the end of December with either a pretty significant construction site and, or one will be like sort of the tail end and they aren't obviously happy about it. Nobody quite frankly is happy about it, but it is the where it's where people are right now. And so how would you recommend getting through that and and still being able to celebrate in some fashion. This one woman's like, I guess I have to go to my in-laws. And she didn't seem very happy about that. And so we, (laughs) (laughs) so we were working out a plan of that's for another episode. I'm just kidding. (laughs) For another industry, right? That's right. Another industry actually. Yes. So how would you recommend, you know, someone who, so they didn't have to go somewhere or go out for dinner or whatever, you know, and they could still try to, bring together some of their own personal traditions that they love. And that I feel we all need this year in particular, but they might not have a working kitchen or their dining room might just be uh, drywall and, you know, plywood floor. So how would you help them through? Yeah. I mean, there's a few things and talking about alternate. I mean, there is always, like I say, sometimes there is the plan B where you, if the construction site is that bad and they may have to leave, I don't, you know, there are situations where that happens. Before you set up construction, and I'm sure you do this too, like if the kitchen's going under construction, a lot of our clients, we have set up makeshift kitchens in basements or bathrooms, whatever. So they have yes. use of a microwave, a second fridge, whatever they have. To the function. tub is now a sink. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know, but even before COVID and before construction, it's interesting when people would move from the city to the suburbs, oftentimes their living rooms and dining rooms would go unfurnished for years because they're only used once or twice a year. So let's say you have a dining room where it's habitable enough where you can sit in that room for Thanksgiving. I'll give the same recommendation if it was just an empty finished dining room. 
Call your local party rental companies. You can rent a table, white cloth, ballroom chairs, china, glasses. And in fact, if you rent the china and glasses, you don't even wash them. These rental companies have you put them back in the crate. They pick them up from your garage so you don't have to worry about a dishwasher or washing them. If your kitchen really is not in use, I would cater in the food. I would have, if someone's coming to your dinner in that place, have them bring a dish or two. So you have some of the homemade things that you're used to, or if you're able to make one yourself, but you may have to just cater. But these rental companies can really provide, I've even used it when I had my dining room furnished, but we needed extra seating. I rented an extra table and cloth that I put up against my existing table to make one big table, rented the chairs. One year it was so many people, I rented the uh, wine glasses in China, so I didn't have to deal with it. And so you can still set your table. And I still recommend that, like still go out and set the table. Like we just talked about, make it feel special to your family, put place cards down with everybody's name, play a game, you know, do what you normally would do, put up some lights, put up some fun string lights, light some candles. All of that can be done in rooms like that. That is brilliant. So you don't have to doll up your Costco six foot table that everybody's been suffering through. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a brilliant idea. But I also would caution, this is going to air early November. I would call the minute you hear this episode, I would call your rental Oh yeah. They're going to be busy this year. They're going to be busy this year. But I think that's a brilliant idea. And also I think it's great to, you know, kind of encourage your family to come see the project, right? So often we we sort of wait for the big unveiling. And I think some people find some, you know, that it's interesting. Obviously, it needs to be safe to have people into the house, but most of the time it is safe. I wouldn't necessarily ask for advice. Um, but, you know, maybe one of the games that Jill recommended is, what do you think this room's going to look like in the end? And maybe you pick up a few tips along the way that you hadn't thought of. Or maybe your mother secretly puts in a wish in an, an anonymous note that you collect in the hat is what you think the room's going to look like. So, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think you should make somewhat, uh, you know, a game of it because it is what it is and there is no way around it. I know we are all breaking our backs, trying to make these homes as hospitable as possible for the holidays, the ones that we cannot get finished. But there is a reality that are, there are so many things outside of our control this year. So what would you do, say, in a, in a living room? You know, you're not going to, or do you recommend them renting sofas and, you know, like they do for weddings? You know, you go to these yeah, big weddings. Yeah, so let me back up too. But, um, yeah. Back on the dining room thing. The other thing is depending on where you live, and even if you do live somewhere cold, you can also, if you're going to call a party rental company, you could put out a tent, tables, heaters, heaters. and you could Brilliant. do... You could do your party outside, especially if you have a bigger family coming over and with COVID and everything else, everyone's doing so much outdoor eating. I mean, even, even here in Connecticut, it's getting cold, but the restaurants, they all have outdoor heaters. We've eaten outside a lot and it's been fine. If you have a fire pit and you could do a really fun outdoor Thanksgiving dinner with tables and whatever. So again, that's going to involve calling your rental company. So as far as the living room, yeah, I mean, If you have any existing furniture, you can freshen it up with some fun throw pillows, put up some holiday lights, make it kind of fun. If you really have nothing and it's empty, you have to either decide, I guess, that there's going to be another room to sit in or yes, from these party rental companies, they rent out sofas and things like that for seating areas at weddings. And you could even rent out like those bar height tables um, with chairs and people can stand, have a drink, appetizer, cocktail, and there could be seating. So you just have to kind of make do with the space you have and probably rent some stuff out. 
I think that is a brilliant idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I agree. And I think especially of all years this year, people are are willing to look beyond whatever is the existing conditions because they the most important thing I think people are coming to is just spending time together. And so if I know there are some people who be like, oh, I don't want to rent something that doesn't look like me or, you know, I don't think that really matters. This is temporary. It's obviously going to, the people coming to your home will know it's temporary, but it still allows you to entertain in your home. And presumably if you're living in the home, not the entire house is not torn apart or you wouldn't be able to live there. So I'm going to throw out a question. I did not forewarn Jill, but let's say you have you're building a home from ground up. And so you are mm-hmm. living somewhere else. Would you ever recommend someone kind of staging, assuming the contractor allows this, mm-hmm. staging a, a holiday party in, in an actual construction site? Again, yeah, potentially. assuming that the contractor would allow that. Yeah, potentially. Sure. And then yeah. you would go and there's through companies those that come in and do that. It's almost like an event company who does event planning. They would come in and do that for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a fun idea, right? Some of these ideas we're throwing out too. Let's say you threw the tent up and did this outdoor Thanksgiving. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. People would be like, God, that was so fun. And it might become a new tradition. Like, let's do that next year. No kidding. This stuff right. can be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Because feel, it feels years. more special. You feel yes. like, so, I mean- there's all kind. It's just like when I talked about thinking outside of the box about using red and green, right? It's the same thing with these construction projects. Now I've told people that I speak to, like, you need to have a plan B. You need to have the what if scenario. You need to talk about that now. Now more than ever. <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, I think I told you I had someone call me and she has two kids and one on the way. And the, the one on the way is due like right before she wanted all this construction done, which won't be done by then. And I really had to say, no, let's think about this. You have three small children and you're telling me you won't have a laundry room and you'll have a new baby and you have a new baby. Let's just think about this from waking up in the morning. Like, let's forget about pretty tile for a second. And so that's kind of like what I like to get to with my clients. Like, let's talk about you wake up, you've got a baby who's been up all night. You've got like five really blown out dirty onesies. Yep. What are you going to do? With more on the way. So right. I ca- I said, I think we need to talk about the rental you're in extending that rental. Yes. Because the stress level you are going to feel is not going to be worth any of this. Correct. You Absolutely. Know? And the problem is, and, and I <laughs> won't go on and on about it, but I, I know Jill feels the same way as you, they will look at these specific channels on TV and think that the sun, the moon and the stars is available in a 30 minute episode with two minute you know commercials where all the problems are resolved. Mm-hmm. And they they think that they can bring that to their own project and that they have this sense of, of knowledge and experience because they have watched these things on TV. And, and obviously Jill and I know that that's not reality. It, it is for entertainment. There are sprinklings of information that are valuable, but for the most part, they never discuss the plan B. They never discuss how you're going to physically live inside a construction site, which is more the norm than the anomaly. I mean, yes, Jill and I both have clients that will go and move into a rental, but obviously that's an expensive undertaking. And so most people want to save that money and live in the house. And that is not an easy undertaking. I would never sugarcoat it because it is noisy. It's dusty. It's smelly. It's aggravating. It's it's invasive. It's invasive on a level that I don't think anyone really appreciates until they live through it. 
Yes. And then inevitably what I hear is I'll never live through that again. Right. That's so, right. <laughs> and there's a reason. And trust me, the contractors don't really love it when they're living in the house either, because they have to keep that level of cleanliness one level higher than they would normally on a day-to-day basis. So I, I agree with you. I think that a plan B is, is usually under thought through if it's thought through at all. And yeah. Like these holidays, I, I do have a client. I mentioned to her about Thanksgiving. It is next month. It's not a secret. It's, you know, the world knows when Thanksgiving is. And she looked at me and she said, Oh gosh, I hadn't thought about that. So yeah. it, it just, so we quickly started planning out how she is going to, you know, function. And like your other client, she's extending her lease because she said, I just can't imagine. She actually could move in before Thanksgiving, but the house won't be ready for her to entertain. So she's actually staying through the end of November now. This was a a month and a half ago. So she was able Mm -hmm. to extend it. So I, I just don't think people, you know, which is, you know, you and I do this all the time. We see all of these case scenarios, good and worst case scenarios. So I think this is what's so important in particular this year is is how we're going to get these people through a holiday with some form of construction going on. And maybe it's your bathrooms, your powder room is out of order. And now all of a sudden everyone's got to traipse up and use, you know, the The non-public, you know, right. Like, oh God, they're going up into the kid's bathroom. What's that going to look like? Right. Right. And I think people need, you know, almost you and I to tell them that it's okay, right? That this is temporary, but I love your ideas, how it makes it sort of fun and festive and, and play it up, right? It is what it is. So you may as well enjoy it and have some fun with it. Yeah. And to that end, just know yourself. And if you feel like even the ideas I gave you, you're just going to be too stressed being in that environment. Maybe your plan B is, you know what? We would have more fun if we went out or we went to our friends or we went to our in-laws or we drove up to two hours away to this favorite inn we've always wanted to try and have Thanksgiving dinner there. That's all okay. Yeah. If you know, but no, so just know yourself and what's going to make you happy because it's like I said to the other lady, the stress isn't worth it. No. So the holidays can be stressful in and of themselves. Right. And so if you're not open minded to have fun with it, then maybe you do leave the premises for that one day. And Jill keeps saying, I don't think she realizes she's saying it. You have a plan. You make right. a plan. And I find being proactive right. is, is so much more successful than being reactive. And of course, there's going to be times where you have to be reactive. But the more planning, the more thinking through option, you know, plan Bs, I think the, the more successful any, any of this goes. Yep, absolutely. Thousand percent. Okay. Well, Jill, this was amazing. I can't thank you enough for all your tips, your tricks, all of the the programs that you offer. And and plus, trust me, we will have her website on the show notes. There's a lot more content on there for you to explore, as well as listening to Jill's podcast, Welcome Home to the Suburbs. I would consider her my podcast mentor and, and sincerely think that what she is doing it is amazing. I've heard a few people say, gee, Jill, did you know COVID was coming? Because all of her content, her programs, the digital online, all seem to fit amazingly well inside of, of this crazy year and a half we've been living through. Yeah. But I promise it was up and running before that. So we can't blame Jill. But no, but, but I will say there's so much information in there, whether it is actually moving out of the city to the suburbs, there is still so much information that you can can learn and grow from inside of Jill's 
content that, Thank that you. I, I appreciate that. Can't can't recommend it enough. But to get us through the holidays, to get me through the holidays, yeah. um, <laughs> all of us, my family will appreciate this. Actually, they now have proof that I have ideas. So if I don't follow through, I'm in, I am in trouble. I know, um, right? Yeah. But I can't thank you enough. This was amazing. I, I love having interviews. I love bringing decorating into this podcast because obviously if we're going to build a house, we need to decorate it. That's and, right. Yeah. And so we, um, I love to intermix this in so that everybody gets a, a full flavor of what they're going to be undertaking from, yeah, from, no, thank you. from soup to I, nuts. I love being on and I love, I love so much what you do. In fact, one of the people who called me, I'm like, I'm going to direct you to her website. She has all the information because she did want to act as the GC on the job. And she just wanted me to do some deck. And I said, then you need to get in touch with Renee if you're going to do that. Yeah. And you know what? More people are doing it. And I think that is a great thing. And it's also not in your situation, but there are lots of places in our country where there aren't professionals like you and I to be able to help. You know, that doesn't mean they shouldn't take on a renovation project. It's just they need the knowledge. They need to be able to control it so that they, at the end, realize that they've been a a team member. And I know you and I believe that, you know, similarly, um, as far as you're no longer the client, you may be paying that bill, but you actually have elevated yourself to a team member. And as soon as you take on that, that role, um, Mm -hmm. everything changes. The dynamic on this, on the job site changes. No, it's very interesting. Only for the better. Yeah. And it's no, no fault to anyone um, other than that's what they thought their role was. I'm the client, I'm hiring them. And so sure. that's what we try to encourage people to, to, yes, you are the client, but you have this additional, very important role and projects just run smoother when people take on that role. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Well, this yeah. has been awesome. I hope it helps people and um, oh, get your party has. planner on speed dial, <laughs> your party rental companies. They're already, you know, they're already so booked because of weddings. There's been so many weddings yes. uh, that have happened that couldn't. So um, yeah, they're, they're on probably overload. I don't know for sure, but they must be, but call, but there's even stuff through, listen, you can buy a card table at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, Amazon, whatever, or like a bank, a folding banquet table. You cloth it. No one will know. And I got to tell you, I keep at least one banquet table. Anyway, we use them sometimes when we have outdoor parties, you could reuse it every year, even when the house is furnished as an extra table, whatever. So there is some stuff you can actually buy if the rental isn't available that you will reuse. And it's okay to store that and use it for parties and entertaining. So that's brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant. I have a feeling people have been taking a lot of notes. So those who are driving, and I know that there are people who listen to me while driving. Um, actually one woman says that she jogs to my podcast. I have a Great. feeling she's trying to take mental notes right now as to, you know, the who, the what, the where, <laughs> and what to do with that mantle. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's all be in your show notes exactly. and on my website and all that. So she won't be lost. Keep exactly. jogging. Keep, Keep jogging. jogging. That was my one comment. I said, are my podcasts long enough for you? And she's like, yes, they're just fine. (laughs) They're just perfect. (laughs) So, well, she got a long jog on this one, but this was so much information I think was, was really important to share. And I love bringing another expert on to bring in a different perspective and especially the decorating side um, to, to the podcast that is really more geared toward renovations. But obviously we need to decorate the room so you can live in them after they've been renovated. That's right. So, well, thank, thank you, you again. again. I love doing it. If you need anything, let me know, but I hope your audience liked it. Oh, I know they'd loved it already. Great. All right. Thank Talk you, Joe. All Bye. right. Have a good day. Bye. You thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me. 
you can email me or direct message me through social media and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone. As I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devignedesign.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.